at the power and significance of the cross to Christians. The power and significance of the cross to Christians. We we'll take three scripture readings. First Corinthians chapter one verse eighteen. First Corinthians chapter one verse eighteen. Colossians chapter two verse thirteen to fifteen. Colossians chapter two verse thirteen to fifteen. Second Corinthians chapter five verse twenty one. Second Corinthians chapter five verse twenty one. I'm taking off from the New King James version of the Bible. First, First Corinthians chapter one verse eighteen. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Amen. Secondly, Second Corinthians chapter five verse twenty one. Before we read the Colossians. For he made him. Who knew no sin. To be sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. For he made him who knew no sin. To be sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. Finally Colossians chapter 2 verse 13 to 15. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, all your trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Amen. As a word of introduction, I want to say that the power and significance of the cross cannot be overemphasized. The reason being that without the cross, liberty is not found in Christianity. I repeat, without the cross, liberty is not found in Christianity. And without the cross, Christians have no message and power. Without the cross, Christians have no message and power. This delivery will attempt to explore on the power and significance of the cross. So we'll not go so much into the history of how the crucifixion was done. Because the time is so limited, I cannot do that within 30 minutes. So some aspects I will not mention. In the Roman world, the cross was used to execute only slaves. Execute only slaves, die high criminals. And at times, for pardoning or for forgiveness. In the Old Testament, it is written that curse is he. Who is hung on the cross? Deuteronomy 21:33, and this was alluded. And when they were making reference, Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, 
the same quotation was referenced. What we are saying over here is that there is power in the cross. Without the cross, there is no liberty for Christians. In order for us to get the input of all that I'm saying, I want to go through the seven statements once more. I'll just mention them because they are very crucial to every Christian. The first statement, which is dubbed salvation of the cross, Luke chapter 23, verse 42. Luke 23, 42, the first statement. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, assuredly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. So the first statement, Luke 23, 42, and Jesus said to him, assuredly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Number two, what's the intercession of the cross? Luke chapter 23, verse 33 to 34. And when they are come to, uh, to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know where, what they do. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. The third statement, John 19, 25. That was the affection of the cross. Now they stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciples, whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. The fourth statement, Matthew 27, 4, says, Eli, Eli, lama sabatani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's Matthew 27, 46. That is the statement that he said. But if you want to read it, the full text, and about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabatani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The fifth one, that is test at the cross. John 19, 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I test. Or I am testing. The sixth one, that is triumph at the cross. John 19, 30. So when Jesus has finished, has received the sad wine, he said, it is finished. That's the Greek rendering tetelestai. The seventh one, that is commitment at the cross. Luke 23, 46. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having done, having said this, he breathed his last. This is just by the way to let you know that this statement was said for us. So right from salvation interceding for us to the time that he gave the spirit, 
it means their cross is very powerful. And it's also very significant. That is why this morning I want us to consider the power and the significance of the cross. For want of time, I want to go straight to the power and significance of the cross. Number one, the crucifixion of Jesus was a means which God provided salvation and the forgiveness of sin. I repeat, the crucifixion of Jesus was a means which God provided salvation and forgiveness of sin. If you read Luke chapter 23, verse 34, as you have read, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. In other words, forgiveness came through the cross. Jesus Christ had to stand in for us. He atoned for us. That is atonement. Without the atonement, there wouldn't have been any salvation for us. And the atonement simply means he covered up our sin. He took, he bore all sin of ours. Or he paid the price, which is called a ransom of our sin. That is why if you read 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, Jesus Christ, the one who knew no sin, was made sin for us to enable us to become righteousness in him. In other words, he didn't commit any sin, but because of you and I, he went to the cross. So on the cross, he was not a sinner. He was the righteous son of God. But because of you and I, and for our forgiveness, he was on the cross. Amen. There are a few quotations here. One, Thomas Fuller. He said, no cross, no crown. Thomas Fuller. No cross, no crown. John Knox also made a profound statement. He said, to remember Jesus is to remember, first of all, his cross. To remember Jesus is to remember, first of all, his cross. This is by John Knox. Then one popular theologian, Spurgeon, said, and I quote, he said, nothing provokes the devil like the cross. It means the cross provokes the devil. If you read Colossians chapter 2, verse 13 to 15, I read from the New King James Version. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made a life together with him, having forgiven you all your trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. This is why the devil is so much provocative about this. It annoys him because over there, he was stripped naked. Let me tell you a secret. On the cross, Jesus Christ was not clothed. He was naked. So the nakedness was rather, he was rather uh, doing a public spectacle of the devil. He was made naked for us to be clothed. And that one, it referred to the, uh, the devil. He was made, taking the devil that he was triumphing over him. And for that matter, he has disarmed him. That is why Spurgeon is saying that nothing provokes the devil like the cross. 
And on the cross, Jesus atoned for us because of our sin. It is not because of our sins. Our sin. S-I-N. The sin that we are referring to is the Adamic sin. Which no one or nothing could take it away except the blood of him himself. That is why on the cross, he made all these statements. But the sixth one, he said, it is finished. And what is it finished? It is finished because our sin has been dealt with. So on the cross, we have our salvation. On the cross, we have our liberty. On the cross, we are redeemed. So without the cross, no Christian could say that he has anything to, to, to boast of. That is why the scripture we read, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Oh, amen. amen. So, beloved, there is power in the cross of Christ. So, as Jesus atoned for us, systematic theologians have tried to explore a bit about why the atonement was, was done. But for want of time, we will not go into that. But I just want to say that in Christian theology, atonement is the central doctrine of faith and can properly include all that Jesus accomplished for us on the cross. So the epitome of the love of God is on the cross. Without the cross, would you have known that the love of God that he had for us? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Through what? Through the cross. So the cross is very significant in the lives of every believer. So beloved, I want us to take the, us to take the cross very seriously. Because the cross brings us liberty. Number two. It is the power and wisdom of God. The cross is the power and wisdom of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18 and verse 24. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Verse 24 says that. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Oh, hallelujah. So it is the power and the wisdom of God. And yesterday, Adam Ketia also made exploration about Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. That I may know him and the power of a resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being com made conformable to his death. That I may know him. So the cross signifies the power and wisdom of God. Without the cross, we don't have, we have no power. So without the cross, no believer could boast of any power. Or the source of our power is from the cross. Oh, amen. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 to 6. Very lengthy, but I want to read because it brings us to life because the power is the, the cross is the power and life of believers. So the third point that I want to take is the power brings back life 
out of death. Yesterday we, we saw the power that quickens the dead. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 to 6. And you, he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sounds of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved and raised up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen. So the power, the cross is the power that brings back, uh, back life out of death. When we were all in the world, in that case, we followed the dictates of the flesh. All you needed to do, that you follow what the flesh commands you to do. But when we came to know him, immediately our genes got regenerated and we're now having peace with him. So it was the cross that brought us together or at peace with God. Had not been the cross, we'd be at enmity with God because we are far away. But the cross has brought us together. And now every death in us has not been quickened, has not been revived. Now I can say that I have power over the flesh because of the cross. Oh, amen. I quite remember 1989 when I completed this form. I don't know where you were by then. About 28 years ago. If it were to be a good Friday like today, it wasn't easy for me. If I said it wasn't easy for me, you have to understand. But by the grace of God, today if I'm before the saints, and before this podium and altar, speaking to believers, it is just by the grace. It is the power from the cross that has quickened my weakness. And today I'm able to stand to that weakness. Amen. So in that case, if you want to know the power, it means rely on the cross. So we see renewals also, also all the time. We see ourselves have been having peace with God because we now have relationship with him. Now we have been delivered from all the sins or the agony of sin. That is the power of the cross. Number three, Christ crucified becomes the summary of Christian message. Christ crucified becomes the summary, the epitome of the Christian message. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2. So as much is in me, is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. Romans chapter 1, verse 15 and 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation to everyone that believeth, To the Jews first and also to the Greek. So without the cross, without the crucifixion, you don't have any message. So we preach Christ crucified. 
So all our messages are centered around the cross. Every believer, if you go out there, if you want to know the efficacy of the word you are preaching, it is on the cross. If you want to know how potent the word is, it's on the cross. Therefore, without the cross or crucifixion, no one has any power to preach. But by the grace of God, now we are who we are because of the cross. When you go out there, you are able to proclaim the good news, telling them who Jesus Christ is. Many a time when we are giving personal testimonies about our lives, people think maybe we are going to the extreme. But it is the reality. If you read Philippians chapter 3, Paul was trying to make some illustrations. When it comes to Phariseeism, he's perfect. Setting of the law. When it comes to the, the tribal, he belongs to a, a, a tribe that is wealthy. When it comes to knowledge of the gospel, he knows. Persecution, number one. Because he went for a permit to go and portray or to, to just to destroy those who belong to the way. But when he encountered Christ, he saw all this have been worthless. But the verse 10 of Philippians chapter 6 said, that I may know him. That I may know him. That's a resolution. So when he got to know Christ, his message changed. So at times you see Paul, the Pauline writings at times, not I, but Christ in me. I could do all things through Christ who sent me. You see Paul demonstrating the power of the cross. From today, may your message be the power of the cross. Because without the cross, you don't have any power. You don't have any power. So at times when we hear certain so-called men of God using their own uh, 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 like cults, personality cults, I have saved you, I have delivered you. It is not you who did it. It is the power on the cross that gave you the power to heal. Oh, praise the Lord. I'm doing a bit of teaching. In the next 10 minutes, I'll be done. The cross of Jesus the beloved, the beloved son of God is the supreme demonstration of the love of God for sinful man. That's the point four. In short, the cross is the demonstration of the love of God to us. John 3.16 is a popular quotation which everyone could recite here. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have Everlasting life. So the cross demonstrates the love of God to us. Let me show a bit of illustration over here. The love. It is like, uh, let me get uh, two people here so that I could demonstrate. Um, uh, I don't want, okay, any two people, please. Two people can come in here. Another one, so that I'm out to demonstrate the love of God so I understand it better. Another one, come. Good. Go and be here. Good. These are these two gentlemen and a lady. These people belong to the world. They haven't known Christ. So they have now been condemned. They have written something on them. Which have been written on them. For death. But someone sees these people and says, no. I'm not going to allow you to die. I'm going to die in your place. So this righteous man comes and take your place. Please 
come here. So I come and take the place of this lady. Though he's sinful, or a sinful woman, but the Bible says a sinful man. A sinful woman, I come to take your place. Though you have sinned, I haven't sinned. The one who knew no sin, I have been made the sin for her to become the righteousness of God. In that case, he's now justified. Oh, amen. Then I come here, the same vein. I continue until everybody is redeemed. That's what Jesus Christ died on the cross for us. So the cross demonstrates the love of God towards humankind. Oh, amen. May you take your seat. So God has now taken over our sin. That is why on the cross, in order for us to see that the gospel has been fulfilled, Jesus Christ said that I am thirsty. What is he thirsty about? He's thirsty because he wanted to save us from our sin. So they gave him vinegar, very sour. The Lucan account said that he refused to drink because Jesus Christ is 100% God, 100% man. So the man, the man aspect, humanity, he was feeling the pain. By the deity, he was God. But he took the sour or the, the, the sour drink or the vinegar and drank it. What he drank was the summary of our sin. So when he drank it, then he went to the sin statement and he shouted, it is finished. It is finished because he has taken over your sin. That is the demonstration of the love of God. Beloved, if it had not been the love of God, you and I might have been perished by now. Yesterday, another was saying that uh, so many years ago, if you could remember how many bottles you were maybe sipping um, yesterday, but because of the cross, today you are who you are. Amen. Uh, let me add a few so that um, maybe if you want the, the full message, you can see me later for it. The cross also is a symbol of discipleship. The cross is a symbol of discipleship. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. You can read Mark chapter 8, verse 34. Then Luke 14, 27. Let me read Mark chapter 8, verse 34. This one will explain what I want to say. When he had called the people to himself, with the disciples also, he said to them, Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up the cross and follow me. But if you read Luke 14, 27. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear the cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Um, Spurgeon has got a profound statement here too. I like a lot of quotes. Spurgeon says that Jesus has many lovers of his crown, but few bearers of his cross. Spurgeon. Jesus has many lovers of his crown, but few bearers of the cross. What Jesus Christ was trying to say is that because the cross is a symbol of discipleship, we must deny ourselves and go out there and preach the gospel 
So whoever accepts him to be baptized in the name of the Godhead, afterwards teaching them. But before you can do that, you have to deny yourself. Denying yourself is what Spurgeon was trying to say that if you don't deny yourself, you are not worthy of the cross. So as we are all here, certain things that we are supposed to do in the world, you cannot do them. Why? Because you want to live as a holy person. So the cross, in effect, is trying to let you know that Christ has borne this shame. Therefore, you also deny yourself. And also go ahead. And it shall be well with you. Amen. The sixth one, the, the word of the cross is God's word of reconciliation. Reconciliation. You can read Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14 to 15. Time will not permit me to read, so I won't read. But I want to say that without the cross, we might have been, have been in a, at enmity with God. But the cross reconciles us with God. Those of us who, who have accounting background, bank reconciliation statement. You have money at the bank. You go for the statement and you want to ensure that what is at the bank is the same that is on the paper. So if there is any sort of anomaly, you go there to rectify. And that is, you want to reconcile your bank statement with that of the cash. And this one is what Christ did for us. He wanted us, though we are far away, he brought us closer to God by taking the shame so that we rather will be glorified. Oh, amen. That is why Colossians chapter 2, verse 13 to 14, he made a public spectacle of the devil. The shame that he was going through. It was because he wanted to let the devil be aware that he was reconciling us unto God. And from that time, we are at peace with Christ. And today, you can go into the throne room of God without any intermediary or going to see somebody. At times, if you want to go to a minister, you need to book an appointment. But because the very day that he made that reconciliation, you are now at peace with God. And now you can say, Abba, Father, because you are at peace with him. Say, Amen. Amen. So Jesus Christ said, it is finished because he has done all this for us. I want to ask a question. What is it at all that Jesus Christ is saying that it is finished? That the left side. There are many, but I will mention a few of them. Uh, the first day I was trying to say that Jesus Christ being Lord of life, I gave you only two reasons why he's Lord of life, but there are a lot. And the illustrations I couldn't do because of lack of time. The first reason for saying Tetelestai is that there was fulfillment of all scripture of the su sufferings of Christ. If you go to Isaiah 53, we know a popular scripture. 1 to 12. The one that had been bruised, he was tormented for our sake. He was stripped for our sake. But at the end of it all, even the one who has dignity, as though he had no dignity for our sake. So for us to know that there has been a fulfillment of scripture, he has to say that it is finished. 
tetelestai. Now, you don't have to go through any sort of sin. Please, everyone seated here is no longer a sinner. Everyone seated here is a righteous son of God. Because your sin has been forgiven, you can make a mistake, but you are not a sinner. The sin has been dealt with already. Oh, amen. So on the cross, he said, Tetelestai, because I have been made sin for you to become the righteousness of God. So you are no longer a sinner. So scripture has been fulfilled. Then he said Tetelestai because he had defeated Satan. Satan had been defeated. So now Satan hasn't gotten any hold on you. Yesterday, Adam was telling us to have control of our lives. So if Satan, you see, if you go to the scriptures, he's rolling as a lion. It's not a lion. It is simile. He's not saying that he's a lion rolling. He's rolling like a lion. But the real lion, the real lion, the real lion, Jesus Christ is the real lion because he's the lion of Judah. So if I am a son of a lion, and somebody is run like a lion. He cannot touch me. Why? Because I am a son of a lion. Oh, say amen to that. Uh, listen, in the den of Daniel, Daniel and his colleagues are Jews. So they belong to the tribe of Judah. Listen. And Daniel had been placed in the lion's den. And he belonged to the master. And being thrown into the den... He is in the master. And the lions were there. So the lion had to keep quiet for the master coming. So the lion kept quiet because Satan had been defeated. And Daniel went inside. Lion couldn't do him anything. Why? Because the lion of Judah is in him. Today, may that lion of Judah, may he stand in you so that no one can have hold on you. Oh, Amen. You see, Satan had been defeated so many years ago. And initially, you are putting fear to man, as we read yesterday. But on that faithful day, that Good Friday, when he shouted, it is finished, that curtain that divided um, the Holy of Holies and the other uh, chambers got torn. So the moment it got turned, we had access to the throne room of God. Oh, amen. So it is finished because we now have access to the throne room of God. So now, as you are seated here, when you go home, you can sit Jesus down and talk to him. Because you now have access to him. He is your father. He is your friend. He is your God. Oh, amen. You see, before then, that common place, people were there. The holy place, but the holy of holies, they've been cut lots. Maybe the priesthood. I belong to Issachar uh, group. This one belongs to the Lewis. But when we cut lots, it, it is my intent. I'll go inside. Even that one, there is a policy. If I go and I don't come, it means I've met something that is so um, fearful. And I will die. So they will pull me out through that strings. 
But the moment that curtain was, was torn, that thing got, got away. And now he said it is finished because I can now enter the throne of God at all times. Say amen. And over there, there is the ark of God in that holy of holies. And in the ark of God, there are three components there. The tablet that contains the commandments. The manna and the rod of Aaron. Time will not permit me to explore them. And on the ark, we have the two cherubs. One on the right, one on the right. And in between the cherubs was the mercy seat. So when that curtain got torn, the mercy seat was made available to you and I. So on the mercy seat, when you go there, all your, your, your requests, all your supplications are brought here and God answers them. If you read Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16, let us enter into that throne with our confidence that we may receive mercy. So at the right time, it might be of help to us. So in that throne room, it was on the cross that it was made available unto you and I. Say amen. Oh, say amen. Apart from this, your sins have been canceled. I've said it already. He has made peace with us. Now there's no uh, penalty for death for us any longer. And now there is breakthrough in our life because it is finished. Let me say one more point, five minutes, so we pray. We are justified, sanctified, and will be glorified by the cross. Every believer, the illustration I made, the sister was justified. And the very moment, she became sanctified. And when Jesus Christ comes, she'll be glorified. So the cross enables us to be justified. Justification simply means just as though you have not seen before. You become a righteous son, a son of God, a woman of God. Then sanctification, very day, you begin with your holiness. But you need to work at your salvation. And in doing so, when Christ comes, you'll be glorified. Oh, amen. So the cross is very crucial. But let me tell you something. On that faithful day, that faithful Friday, there was a blackout. Say blackout. Blackout. Uh, even that, the doom song we have been having cannot be equated to that blackout. For six good hours. I don't know how people felt. But there was earthquake. There was thundering and a whole lot. The resurrection power brings in Israel an earthquaking, rock splitting, and tomb opening. So on the cross, when within that six hours, there was some sort of thundering. Um, tombs were being opened. Those that were dead were being seen. I don't know how they felt. But the implication is that there was an earthquake. And the earthquake, those in the tomb came out. So this morning, anything that is holding you up, may there be an earthquake said that there will be rock-splitting energy that will release you. So as we are going to pray, if there is any sickness on you, may the power of the Holy Ghost, may he touch you right now. Because if the tomb 
It's not covered, but it's open because of the cross. It means there's power in the cross. Power in the cross in the sense that there's healing, there's breakthrough, there's open heavens, and a lot more. So as you are seated here, I want you to feel at home. From today, anything that was holding you up because of the cross, the cross has now redeemed you. Therefore, you are going to have any open heavens that you deserve. In conclusion, the cross of Jesus should be regarded with respect because it is through it that we are, we are what we are today as Christians. Let us cherish the it with high esteem. Inasmuch as Christ has died for us and, and pronounced victory, that it is finished. The power of the devil is destroyed. And the death of Christ must also be remembered at all times. Therefore, the cross has got power in all aspects. God bless us all. Amen. Fairest of all, the earth beside. The prison um, worship team, please uh, come and help him. I want us to pray thanking God for a few minutes so that we zoom into prayer. Indeed I see wonderful man of God. Oh, bless man of God. Shall we be outstanding, please? Oh, has my heart.
You just ponder over all the things that we've said. Had not been the cross, where would we be by now? You might have been destroyed by the devil, but because of the power of the cross, today you are who you are. No, 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 no. So I want us to lift up our voices and praise the Lord for who you, who you uh, he is and how far he has brought us. Open your mouth and praise him for a moment. Praise him, praise him for a moment. Father, we praise you, Lord. We give you glory. We give you honor. May your name be praised, O God, because of the cross. Because the cross is the epitome of your love that you demonstrate to us. We bless you, Lord. We give you glory. We give you all the honor. We give you all the praise. Because of your faithfulness, O God, we give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. For the cross has delivered us. The cross has liberated us. The cross has removed all the sin that we committed. In the mighty name of Jesus. We bless you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Holy Spirit, our Lord, our King. We bless you, Lord, for the cross. We uplift you because of the cross. May your name be praised, may your name be exalted. Resume your seat, please. Resume your seat. The B part is very crucial, so I want us to feel relaxed. I want to say a few things, then we zoom into prayer. I want to pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and infilling. Yesterday, Adam Katia made a profound statement that there are four types of power. Four types of power. The first time that he mentioned power to be. Merely become a Christian. As many that believe in him, he gave them the power to become children of God. John 1, 12. And that power in the Greek realm is called exousia. The right to be. Everybody has got that right because you are a son of God. The second one, the power of the Holy Ghost. Dunamis. The power that can change your life. That one is another step. Holy Spirit. Then we go to another level, which is called Kratos. Say Kratos. Kratos. That is called the resurrection power. So if you read Romans chapter 8 verse 11, but if the spirit of him that raised up Christ from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. That is the resurrection power. The last power that he mentioned was the power to create. God is a creator, Jehovah Elohim. He creates. Therefore, we must also do what we call procreation. We have to continue what God has done. That is us another power. But this morning, we are going to work on the Holy Spirit, the dunamis and the kratos. Oh, say amen. The dunamis and the kratos. So the power of the Holy Ghost has got a lot of gifts which everyone has to get his or her before he lives here. A lot of them. Even some not even mention the Bible. I'm, I'm a theologian. I'm telling you that uh, some giftings, you can't even describe them. 
word of wisdom, word of knowledge, descending between the spirits. These are called revelatory gifts. Then we also got another gift which are called communicable gifts or communication, utterance gifts. Prophecy, speaking in tongues, and interpretation of tongues. All these are part of dynamics and kratos. Then, the last one, the power gifts. Faith, gifts of healing, and miracles. All these part of the kratos. And when we pray to God, he's able to give us all of these gifts without measure. Oh, say without measure. So, if you have not prayed for someone before to get healed, before you leave here, your hands might have been anointed so that you can pray for someone to get healed. Then, when it comes to the demonstration of his power, the same spirit that raised the car from the dead will quicken your mortal bodies. In that case, you are going to another level whereby you will be able to say no to sin. You should be able to say no to sin. If you read Titus chapter 2 verse 11, the grace of God that brought salvation to all men enabled us to say no to ungodly passions. So that is the kratos. When you get there and you see a woman coming, you can run away. And from today, may you run away when you see a woman coming. I'm not saying if you are going to propose for marriage. But if you see her coming naked, please flee. And you see certain things also which you are not supposed to do. The kratos must quicken your mortal bodies to be able to do that. But before we do that, elders are here. We'll be laying hands today. We'll be laying hands. Because Pentecostal, we believe in the laying on, hands of, uh, laying on of hands. So we'll start praying. Then we'll, tell, we'll invite those who have not gotten the baptism of the Holy Spirit to come forward. We'll pray with them and they will receive the baptism. So shall we all be outstanding, please. I just explain briefly so that we know what we are about to do. Baptism and infilling the Holy Spirit. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Praise and worship team. I want us to give us a song that will help us. Holy Ghost song. Somebody said not good, but spirit. Whatever we want it. Holy Spirit song. We are going to pray for the influence of the Holy Spirit that you'll be filled to the brim because on the cross he said it is finished. Let your fire 
Pour out 
your spirit on me. Ignite your fire. Let it fall now, 
May it consume sin, cleanse us of every guilt. Ah, make us soul again. Let the fire fall. Let the fire fall. Let the fire of Pentecost. Let it fall now. May it consume sin. May it consume sin. Cleanse us of every guilt. Make us soul Placed on the altar. Placed on the altar. Prepare to be offered. Send a burning coal. Let the fire fall. Placed on the altar. Yeah, prepare to be offered. In us, make us let the fire fall. Let the fire fall. The fire of Pentecost. Let it fall. May it consume sin. May it consume sin. Cleanse us of every guilt. Make us so. Let the fire fall. Let the fire fall. The fire of Pentecost. Let it fall. Let it fall. May it consume sin. May it consume sin. Every guilt. Placed on the altar. Placed on the altar. Prepare to be offered. Send a bandit cool. Let the fire place on the altar. Place on the altar. Prepare to be yeah. Every tabernacle. Place on the altar. Place on the altar. Prepare to be yeah. Send a bandit cool. Let the fire fall. Listen, I want the lyrics of the song to be our prayer this morning. Let the fire fall, the fire of Pentecost. Let it fall now. May it consume sin, cleanses of every guilt, make us whole again. Place on the altar, prepare to be offered. Send a burning coal, let the fire fall. Place on the altar, prepare to be offered. Burning, burn a chaff, burn every chaff in us, make us whole again. So we are asking God this morning that you let the fire fall to burn every chaff in us. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Let this one of our God be your prayer in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, 
Yes, way, pray away to my prayer. 
and feeling. We are praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We want to do one thing. By his stripes, we are healed. If there is anyone here who is sick, if you can lay your hand on where, that's okay, please do that. We are setting forth our hands upon you. May the healing power of Jesus Christ be your portion right now. And begin to pray. Asking God that he should heal you today. You are not going from here unhealed. But you are going from here healed. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. By your stripes we are healed. And this morning may you glorify yourself. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Holy Spirit. Touch us right now in the mighty name of Jesus. The healing of the Holy Ghost. By your power we are healed. And by your sight we are healed. Oh Lord. On the cross, you said we it is finished. May we go from here healed. In the mighty name of Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit, we need you. Come, sweet Spirit, we pray. Come in your strength. And your power, you come in your own special way. Come in your strength and your power. Come in your own special way. There's a song ringing in my spirit that says, Bobra me crado, Bobra me crado, Yamisu. Ah, Bobra me crado. Oh, oh, Zinzimu. We are finishing the prayer. Bobra me crado. Oh, oh, oh. 